There is, however, one city that is missing on the portal in Karnak, as it stands today. One city that is not mentioned, and that is Jerusalem. If the Pharaoh, as the Bible describes, successfully brought Jerusalem to its knees, forcing it and its Davidic king to give up its precious vessels and its gold, why would Shishak not have trumpeted that fact? Welcome to Bible 365, episode 292, The Assault of the Pharaoh. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. In Karnak, Egypt, there stands to this day a gate in a temple that was dedicated to Amun-Re, and adorning that gate is a list of conquests inscribed in order to glorify the pharaoh Shoshank I. We know some of the listed cities, including Megiddo, for the pharaoh here makes mention, among other locations, of sites in southern and northern Israel. And we know of this pharaoh as well, Shoshank for he first appears by the name Shishak in the Book of Kings. And then, as we read further about this pharaoh in the Book of Chronicles, we discover a striking connection between the remnants of ancient Egypt and the last book of the Hebrew Bible. In order to understand the historical setting of this story, we must first review what we learned in the Book of Kings. With paganism finding a place in the sacred city during the reign of Solomon, the Almighty decrees that the monarchy will be split. One minister appointed by Solomon Yeravam, or Jeroabam, falls out with his sovereign and flees, offered asylum by the pharaoh Shishak. After Solomon's death, the Israelites of the ten northern tribes rebel against the new king, Solomon's son Rechavam, and proclaim Jeroabam as the monarch of the northern kingdom of Israel. It is after the split that the book of Kings describes the pharaoh's assault on Jerusalem. 1 Kings 14, verse 25. And it came to pass in the fifth year of King Rechavam that Shishak king of Egypt came up against Jerusalem. And he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. And he took away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. This episode is retold in much greater detail in Second Chronicles chapter 12. And it came to pass when Rechavam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself, he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel with him. And it came to pass that in the fifth year of King Rechavam, Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem because they had transgressed against the Lord. With 1,200 chariots and 60,000 horsemen, and the people were without number that came with him out of Egypt, the Lubims, the Sukims, and the Ethiopians. And he took the fenced cities which pertained to Judah and came to Jerusalem. Then came Shemaiah the prophet to Rechavam and to the princes of Judah that were gathered together to Jerusalem because of Shishak, and said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Ye have forsaken me, and therefore, I have also left you in the hands of Shishak. Whereupon the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves, and they said, The Lord is righteous. And when the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, saying, They have humbled themselves. Therefore I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance. And my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem by the hand of Shishak. Nevertheless they shall be his servants, that they may know my service and the service of the kingdoms of the countries. So Shishak king of Egypt came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king's house. He took all, he carried away also the shields of gold which Solomon had made. Thus did the Pharaoh bring Jerusalem to its knees in a defeat divinely ordained as punishment for the sins of the reigning king of Jerusalem. The temple and the city were not destroyed, but they were made much less lovely. The temple's vessels were taken, its gold brought back to Egypt. Gold replaced by less precious metals as a sign of what had occurred, and it would seem as a warning for the future. Verse 10. 
instead of which King Rechava made shields of brass and committed them to the hands of the chief of the guard that kept the entrance of the king's house. And when the king entered into the house of the Lord, the guard came and fetched them and brought them again into the guard chamber. And when he humbled himself, the wrath of the Lord turned from him, that he would not destroy him altogether. And also in Judah, things went well. Now note, ladies and gentlemen, what is added here in Chronicles that is not in Kings. Whereas Kings only mentions the conquest of Jerusalem and the sparing of Jerusalem by Shishak due to the precious vessels and medals taken by him, Chronicles describes the Pharaoh destroying other cities throughout biblical Israel. And Chronicles also adds that there were more than Egyptians among the Pharaoh's forces. And here is what is interesting. The arch in the temple of Karnak that contains descriptions of Shoshank's victories, known as the Bubastite portal, describes cities in the Holy Land that were devastated by Shoshank. Cities not only in the southern kingdom of Judah, but also in the northern kingdom of Jeroboam. And the portal, like the Bible, also describes non-Egyptians that were part of Pharaoh's forces. The Bible scholar Kenneth Kitchen argued that while many kings bore the name Shoshank during the 22nd and 23rd dynasties, circa 950 to 700 BCE, it is clearly the Shoshank described by this temple in Karnak that is being discussed in the Bible. Kitchen further adds that Shishak, quote, came up to Jerusalem in the fifth year of Rehoboam king of Judah, taking off as booty the wealth of the temple and palace there. Other details, chronicles, list Shishak's considerable forces as including Libyans, Sukkim, and Nubians, Kushites. Jerusalem was not taken by force, but in effect, its wealth was handed over as tribute with vassal status, service to earthly kingdoms, 2 Chronicles 12.8. So by these accounts, Kitchen continued, the Egyptian ruler went home enriched and may have imposed tribute-paying vassal status upon Judah. And Kitchen adds that the Hebrew narratives do not stand alone. There is no reason whatever to doubt the identity of the Hebrew Shushak with the very well-known pharaoh Shoshank I, founder of the 22nd dynasty of Libyan origin, whose reign is closely datable to circa 945 to 924, end quote. Fascinatingly, Kitchen then goes on to note that the details in the portal in Karnak parallel directly the details in the Bible and also inform us of something that the Bible does not tell us, which is that the pharaoh attacked not only the southern Davidic kingdom, but also the north, which was led by Jeroboam, the man the Egyptian king had once welcomed. Here is how Kitchen explains all these details. Quote, the place name list in his huge triumph scene at Karnak is extensive, but damaged. Names are lost in rows 4 and 11. Like all such major lists, a rhetorical text runs above it, a very original stamp, mentioning the king's buildings as well as his valor. And exactly like almost all other such major lists, the rows of place names, each in an oval, do not run in a continuous sequence like an entire journey, but are made up of segments or extracts from roots. No capital cities are picked out. No defeated foreign ruler is ever mentioned. And, in Canaan and Syria, no nation or state is named. Merely the townships encountered. So this great list does not mention either a Rehoboam or a Jeroboam, or the state names of Judah or Israel. That was never done in such long town lists. What we do have is several series of names of places known in both Judah and Israel, from which Shoshank's course of campaign can be discerned. This is valuable in that it shows that Shoshank I chose not only to cow and loot Rehoboam of Judah, but also to bring his former protege, Jeroboam of Israel, to heel. It may well be, a touch of speculation for a moment, that Shoshank's price tag for helping Jeroboam into power in 931 was that Jeroboam should thereafter pay him tribute as a vassal. It would only need Jeroboam to default on his payment to bring the redoubtable pharaoh down upon him and to lay hands on Judah's rumored wealth for good measure.
End quote. Thus, the portal of Shoshank I in the Temple of Karnak both parallels the Bible and gives us some other interesting information. There is, however, one city that is missing on the portal in Karnak as it stands today, one city that is not mentioned, and that is Jerusalem. If the Pharaoh, as the Bible describes, successfully brought Jerusalem to its knees, forcing it and its Davidic king to give up its precious vessels and its gold, why would Shishak not have trumpeted that fact? To this, Yigal Levin, in his own very interesting article in Biblical Archaeological Review, offers two possible explanations. First, as Kitchen noted, there are parts of the portal that are missing, remains of the proclamation that no longer exist, and it is possible that a description of Jerusalem was once there. But Levin also puts forward another very logical explanation, which is that the portal is only describing cities ravaged, destroyed by the Pharaoh, and Jerusalem was not destroyed. It paid tribute, it gave up the gold of the temple, but it thereby escaped total devastation. In Levin's words, quote, Perhaps it was omitted because it, unlike the other toponyms, had no claim to being destroyed. The Bible itself tells us that Shishek Shoshank carried off the treasures of the house of the Lord and treasures of the royal palace. He even carried off the gold shields that Solomon had made. Rehoboam apparently saved Jerusalem and his throne by this tribute to the Egyptian monarch. That may well be why Jerusalem is not mentioned in the Bubastide portal. End quote. This portal which can still be seen today, is a proclamation of the first enemy of biblical Israel who successfully humbled Jerusalem, carrying away its gold and its sacred vessels long before Nebuchadnezzar and Titus did so. To ponder the portal today, then, is to inspire our own faith. Throughout Bible 365, we have marveled at the proclamations of ancient monarchs describing their victories over the chosen people, with these monarchs' empires coming to an end and the chosen people living on. It was regarding a statue of a pharaoh that the poet Shelley, as we have mentioned, famously wrote, Nothing beside remains round the decay of the colossal wreck boundless and bare. The lone and level sands stretch far away. To discover the description of the assault on Israelite cities by a pharaoh and to see the sand around it is to bring a biblical story to life and also to marvel at Jewish eternity. This is Mayor Soloveitchik. Looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off.